so Wayne, I was just chatting with the old crew on WhatsApp and I was like, do we want Arsenal to win the league? I mean, my only doubt about that one is that they are fucking annoying Arsenal fans. Just so annoying. But obviously we don't want City to win, win three in a row. Then it just dawned on me. Hang on a minute. Could we win the league? Could we? Oh, no. <laughs> I have to be that guy. No, do you know what? Yeah, we we could because it's not out of the realms of possibility. I am inclined to believe Eric Tenog and Casemiro are giving us license to dream. Yeah. And Manchester United is a team that has pulled improbable successes out of the bag more than anyone else. I'm not at this stage, you know, like the last two or three years where you resigned to it being Liverpool or City, so you've kind of gone, oh, City then. I'm not at that point where I'm resigned to that happening, which is surprising considering the fact that they signed Haaland. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I was going to be, well, spoiler alert, well, not spoiler alert, let, let every of the every one of the listeners into a little secret before before we came on it, you did pose that question to me and I said, no chance. But now now I'm feeling a little bit optimistic three minutes later. It, it's surprising what a 3-0 win over Bournemouth can do to your, your optimism. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it, United's, the World Cup sort of broke United's rhythm, didn't it? Because we were playing quite well before the World Cup. And, and, and in a sense, I guess we shouldn't get carried away by beating a championship side to the bottom three in Bournemouth. But mm. but that momentum really does count for a lot, and especially going into a cup game against. Well, let's see if Lampard's still manager by the time we get to that cup game. But Everton in a bit of disarray should be another win, so that would make it what seven in a row if I'm counting correctly. If 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 yeah. we beat Everton, heading into those tougher games to come, City Arsenal on the horizon, aren't they? And that momentum counts for a lot. So I was tongue firmly in cheek. I don't expect United to win the league, but I'm feeling very confident that we can push hard. I mean, the consistency is coming. We know what this team is about and how they're going to play. I think the chances we gave up today, and it's still a clean cheat, but were only when they kind of eased off in the centre midfield on the defensive work and, and, and Bournemouth took a few gambles. This is a team that looks like a functioning proper team. There's some strength in depth. I mean, we've seen this week with alternate centre-back partnership today in Bournemouth, when Bissaka doing pretty well at right-back. We've got options, Tyrell Malassia the other night at left-back. You'd only really say it's the centre-forward spot that, that it's a risk, especially with Martial not playing so well today, really. Mm. But but it just feels like everything's positive. We have a team... There are options. The momentum's with us. We have a coach who knows what he's doing and very single-minded about it, but he's always on the right side, the right balance between arm around the shoulder, being the disciplinarian, defensive now, creativity. It just feels like the right balance going in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think we were fantastic today, in the first half in particular, but I think... It's because I am a little bit in love with Casemiro because maybe not the oh, last who, part who of the game. Be? The first 40 minutes of that performance, colossal. He was like the only player on the pitch. He was incredible. He's, 
ability to make interceptions, to dominate a game of football. Yes, it was Bournemouth, but that's the game of football that we were playing. That's the game of football that he was playing, and it was his game for, for that period of time. He was unbelievable. Tenog made all the right calls in terms of, you know, he obviously rotated the side a lot. Um, I We've talked about this before. I'm, I'm not generally convinced about the ability to do that because of the, the quality of the squad. But it seems as though he's right. got. It seems as though he's got some kind of finger on the pulse in terms of what he can and can't do. He, he, that was the back four that we played mostly under Solskjaer, and 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 all right, maybe we gave up a few chances because we played deeper than usual, and because of that back four, and like you said, Bournemouth had taken a few extra gambles. But I think we earned what we got today. Some of the football was, was exceptional. I know that Bournemouth, to be fair. Some of Bournemouth's one-touch football and was better than ours in the way that they were breaking. I think we're a little bit clunky with that, but sometimes some of the combinations and some of the, the way that we're using space, it is the economy of the play, the, the likes of Casemiro and, and Ericsson that we've talked about before. Right. It, it's the kind of performance, the kind of result that we've taken for granted so often in the Ferguson era. You know, you'd, you'd pull into a 3-0 against Bournemouth and then you'd sleepwalk for the next half an hour. And, right, and over the last 10 years, how many stats have we heard? Bournemouth's first victory at Old Trafford exactly. since 1371 yeah. or whatever, and and maybe not that long. That would have been a long time. <laughs> that would have been a long time, <laughs> but but that kind of thing, and, and yeah. now we can start to believe that those those kind of wins can be routine, and, and then it's about the big games, which is where, to be fair, Solskjaer sort of excelled in those big games. So we can combine the two. We're on for a good points total. I mean, I the the great analysis said, well done, well done. No, but, uh, but the, no, d- don't, don't discredit the point. That is a point, and that maybe maybe where Ten has come undone, well, where he came undone against City was not being as pragmatic from the start as he could have been. Yeah. So yeah, 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 that's right. And and sometimes it's okay to to play the the opposition in front of you. And so as 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 Newcastle did today at Arsenal and got their point by playing yeah pretty defensive football, but but I mean you talked about some of the 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 lovely football. I mean let's just talk about the goals because I mean yeah. the goal two and three especially the cutback from Garnacho to Luke Shaw to put it away with his right foot and then the third one which was the first time pass from Bruno and Rashford to put it in. Great goals. I mean even the ball from Eriksen to to Casemiro to. To put it away was great yeah. for the third. I mean, just some some really nice football. I mean, there were there have been times under Oli, some occasions under Mourinho, and some occasions, especially early in his time under Van Gaal, when we've played good football, but not really for this kind of level of consistency. Have we seen that in the last ten years? And maybe maybe I'm being blinded by recency bias. Could could well be, but it just feels like this is a this is a team. It's not the most expensive team ever, and we clearly have some issues converting chances, creating and converting, but they are trying to play good, dominant football yeah. uh, from back to front. Feels like the right way. Feels like the Manchester United way, TM. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, welcome, Eric, where have you been? I, I tweeted about this earlier. I tweeted a thread while while you were asleep over over there. I tweeted a thread about this because it was the turn of the year. I thought, you know what, it's a good time to sort of draw a line in the sand and say, what have we done so far? So it was 24 games, good sample size to sort of say that kind of start. 
And I think you're right. Yes, maybe, maybe recency bias. But I did look back at this and I thought, when you've looked at what we've seen from Ten Hag and you compare it to the previous managers, and I'll put my flag in the sand here, I support all of those managers, even Mourinho. I saw, certainly in the first 24 games, it was only really Moyes where I was looking at it thinking, this isn't, this really isn't working after about 20 games. I said, the way that he was talking, the way that he was carrying himself. But there's something more substantive there with Ten Hag. The, the, the chances that he's taking, the decisions that he's making are for the good of the team and for the good of the club. It's not self-preservation. There's no panic in the changes that he's making. You know, the Brighton and Brentford, the first two games, he made changes at half-time. They were proactive changes. And yes, we lost the games, but he was very proactive and it made improvements in the games. And then from then on, he was a little bit more bold with the selections that he made from the start of the game. He sort of said, all right, you've had your chances. I'm going to try and do this my way now. Whereas with Mourinho, I remember in his first few games, it was all, he rushed Rashford in after, you know, he didn't start with him and he rushed him back in because there was a bit of a clamour to bring him back into the side. There was a bizarre team that he picked against City. I remember we got played off the park against them in the early game and then we got battered at Chelsea. Van Gaal changed his formation after 45 minutes of his first game against Swansea. Completely changed because he started with a back three. Moyes, when he was in there, he I think he was... Ferdinand and Carricky ran into the ground like an old car for the first five weeks. You haven't seen that with Ten Hag. You've, even Solskjaer, a lot of people have, have said this to me, you know, Solskjaer started really well, and he did. But there was always that doubt that it was, not luck, but it, the naivety, the, the inexperience at the top level would come back. His decision-making in some of the big games early on was very good, but it was that kind of like, how long is this going to last for you? You weren't sure. Whereas Ten Hag, there's a lot more, confidence in his decisions and then maybe maybe that comes with the conviction that he's had with the backing in terms of all of the major decisions yes the judgment so far seems to be spot on but he's also had the conviction to be able to make those decisions look let's be right about this said we, we can talk and we have done for infinitum about Ronaldo and everything like that but let's just only to bring him up one more time, and then we can move on from him forever. Unless you want to gloat <laughs> about the the press conference today, which was a oh, farce. that was great. I do, yes, but I'll let you finish your point. Right, okay. So the the thing is that if this was any other manager or any other time in United history post Ferguson, and this had happened with Ronaldo, it'd still be a circus. Now it'd be it'd be disrupting everything. It'd be undermining everything. They'd be like, oh god, there's chaos going on, and blah blah blah. Ten Hag, there has not been a, a single peep about it. United have just gone on business as usual. They, no one's really talking about it. The, the closest that we've had to any murmur about it is the Viva Garnacho chant. There, there's been nothing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. And, and that that is a real indication of the strength that he's got. And I really do. Yes, it may be recency bias. It may be that optimism. And yes, it is only a 3 0 win over Bournemouth, but it is six on the bounce. And. It does feel so much more solid. It feels so much more like we're moving in the right direction. It reminds me a little bit, if I dare to dream, and I'm not going to get carried away with my comparison, it reminds me a little bit of where we were in 2005-06. We're not right there. There's one or two things missing, but you can see where those things need to come in. It looks like a team. I know you mentioned the missed chances, and yes, that is an issue, but it's a team that's starting to smell goals and look yeah. like they can score them. And that's really, really exciting. Yeah, and the, the way United pushed today in the second half, even when the game was dead, yeah. 
they're smelling goals. They wanted to play. They kept trying things. Bruno kept trying things. He got his reward with the assist at the end because I, I think he he kept on and on. And yeah, I mean, are we on the cusp of what three league titles and three Champions League finals in four seasons or whatever <laughs> it is? Hey, maybe. Look, if if Arsenal this season has taught us anything, it's that. It, does take a little time to build a team and if you believe in it trust your manager to do it and you can go from being nowhere to being somewhere now Mm. i i have my doubts about whether arsenal will sustain it i i think united will be a bit short this season but with the right kinds of additions next summer and the right development in the some of the younger players we have then then why not? I'm building towards something. Finally, yeah. the right kind of structure at the club. In that in that previous chat I referenced, I, I couldn't help but go like as well as as talking about wow, could we win the league this season? I couldn't help but be cynical. Of course, the Sultan of Brunei is going to come in and buy us and install his son as manager and ruin everything. <laughs> and and we did like honestly, we don't know what happens in yeah. probably this quarter where there's a sale or at least bids are taken. And we don't know whether that will change the momentum. We've seen over at Chelsea that the new owner came in and decided to install himself as the director of football and go and splurge cash everywhere. And has that helped them? Maybe not. Fired a European Cup winning manager, installed his his dude, spent £300 million and another £100 million to come this week by the looks of it. And it's not necessarily helped them build on what they had before. So... Could that be disruptive? Yeah, maybe. But yeah. in the football department, it does feel like Ten Hag and Murta and Ten Hag's coaching team and the recruitment team are all in sync. Hmm. And how often have we said that about the, 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 the commercial and the football departments being connected in the last 10 years? Not often, basically. And so, yeah, like there's a little, there's a little voice on one shoulder saying who's going to ruin this someone's going to come along but but it doesn't feel like like ten hogs going to ruin it no he has real authority as referenced with his dealing with marcus rashford this week and the players who've lost their place due to poor form harry Maguire, and the players who've lost their place due to piers morgan ronaldo ronaldo this week as you meant as you referenced uh, he's off to south africa and it's not the end of his career <laughs> It's just a new chapter in South Africa, which is also part of Asia. Good stuff, Ronnie. Yeah, it's, it just about sums everything up for him, doesn't it? You know, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm infinitely more sympathetic to his plight than you, and, I, and I'm not very sympathetic to it. Yeah, it just... oh, I've moved on too. I did, I, but I did find that amusing. Come there on, was the, another the... story in the marker where I, I like looking at the sourcing. It's gone around a few stupid websites that he has a clause in his contract that would allow him to move to Newcastle if Newcastle qualified for the Champions League. So, yeah, although honestly, that wouldn't surprise me because they're owned by the same entity. Ultimately, they uh, the marker denied it, right? They they can't, someone at marker denied it on 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 right. Twitter. So I don't know who runs their Twitter, but someone had clarified that story. I just feel it's a lot of money to play in a kit that looks like it's a pub league kit. <laughs> it <laughs> it's really does, it's a bad it? kit. It's a really bad. And I like yellow strips, but that is a Sunday league kit. That's it's really bad, and I don't know. Just. Sign for like Dream Team or Harchester Rovers or something. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know. They at least something nice more strip. romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. 
Anyway, he, he talked about the ness of the league. I doubt he's ever seen a game. I, I'm 100% sure of that. I'm sure he's never done. Th- mm. That said, there's real football culture there, right? They, they get big they get big crowds. We saw during the World Cup, they're passionate fans. These They were not like bought and paid for. There's a real football culture. I mean, there's also some other cultural problems. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. The, the, it's the global game. So like, I don't, yeah, if I'm, I'm taking the mick and saying Sunday League, I just mean the quality of the kit looks... Yeah, no, no, it's terrible kit. It's, it's truly crazy. terrible. But yeah. yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The quality of the quality of a football league isn't reflective of the passion and the identity of it to, to that domestic support. And I, I don't mean to denigrate that. Some of the best, I mean, I've not really covered it in detail, but I do have an interest in the American game. And so the, the evolution of it from the 60s, 70s to the, to the current iteration and even the demise in the 80s and everything like that. And I do find the sort of franchising aspects of it and everything. All of that kind of stuff is really intriguing to me. I, I talk to Gordon Hill regularly, and he's obviously lived out there for a number of years and he's involved in the game. And he always has this phrase of, of saying, you can't put the sport in a microwave. You know, you can't. And that's what they try to do sometimes. And, well, Gordon has many sayings, but that's one of my favourite ones. <laughs> um, no, it took me a while to clock what that meant. Yes, yes, which is what they tried to do with the previous iteration of whatever it was called, North American Soccer League, or, yeah. and Pele and Best and Cruyff and Beckenbauer, not Cruyff, Beckenbauer. Yeah, all uh, of them. Were all, all of those, yeah. All, all of them, right. And and yes, it's they've been uh, they've been in the slow cooker for the last 25 years, <laughs> building support, yeah. building a culture, in some cities, like like where I am here, Gordon's not far from me, actually. Is yeah. I think he's just down in Bonnie Lake. So here where I am in, in Seattle, real football culture, even though it's a young club. Same, you could say, in both both clubs in LA, in Atlanta, some big support, Portland, big support. Yeah. And so, yeah, anyway, we're going off on tangents, no, as but usual. The, the, but uh, Ronaldo will be yeah. playing in a country with football culture, even if the... The reason for bringing over is really to be ambassador for the 2030 World Cup bit, I assume. Mm. That might work. It might work. But in terms of getting <laughs> eyes on the game, I don't think it will. You know, like the, the Beckham experiment. As oh, yeah. As... No one's going to be watching the Saudi Arabian League on yeah. ESPN. I, I just, yeah, can't can't see it. Although many, many things have happened. Maybe it will be the latest outpost for for football hipsters to go and catch a game. Maybe you never. Know. You don't have to be a football hipster to enjoy United, though. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> United's still the world's most popular club, yeah. sort of. Depending on whether you believe the the metrics that the marketing department well, you better so. get in quick because they are stopping the memberships. So if you want to be part of the seventy nine billion fans, then you better get in quick because they're stopping them, and then you won't be able to get a ticket for the rest of the season. And then that will be sad. So then, but, I wonder uh, if that, that means that if there's. I don't know how many. I made that number up. But if they stop taking the memberships, well, they are doing in the next like week or two. Does that mean that they've got no more? No one can be a fan, as acknowledged by the club. So that's the mem- they say memberships is relative to the number of fans that we've got. No one can be a fan anymore for, for the next four well, months. They, uh, 
they they use the words supporters and followers interchangeably in their marketing. I did notice that coming back to Saudi Arabia that someone posted some images on Twitter of one of the pitches. So United have long done this, actually, where they're looking for sponsors. They send around shirts as part of their pitch thing, which is has the sponsor's logo on. So visit mm. Saudi Arabia or Saudi Arabia <coughs> Tourism Authority or whatever the logo was on was on there. So it's one of the entities they're pitching at the moment to replace TeamViewer. I don't know whether that's real they were doing that 15 years along, there's, there's pictures it, exactly, of the 15 yeah. years ago with that so. yeah there was yeah no i actually met someone who's part of the mayfair team who they'd send people very nice kits in boxes and the yeah. whole brochure and all of that kind of stuff so yeah not 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 new and i can't remember where i was going with that one but anyway there was a game back to the game back to the game like apart from like the the, the creativity of the performance and the free-flowing football. I thought you managed managed it pretty well and managed the squad well as well. When I saw the 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 lineup with all those changes, I was like, geez, this looks a bit mm. one one bit lopsided with the kind of ramming Donny van Beek in there. And a lot of changes, especially at the back, but it didn't I didn't like hardly noticed it. They just slotted into the same formation and isn't that the the strength? So what City can do, they could interchange like all of their eleven players and be almost the same strength. Yeah, almost. Yeah. I I think that's the value of maybe two or three months of having Casemiro and Eriksen as near constants in the team. There was one thing because I I do surprising as it may be, I do take and make little notes in preparation for the podcast. And one of and this is a nice little exercise that you can laugh at me about. I was just making a mental note of Luke Shaw thinking, just after half-time, I'm thinking, he picked up the ball. And I thought, oh, yeah, Luke Shaw. Mm, I think I would have liked to have seen Malassia play in this game because it's a game that he's not been he's not been getting a lot of time. It would have been a nice game for him to play. And then Luke Shaw carries the ball forward and then scores at the end of the move. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I was wrong on this one. I'm still surprised to see him play the full game. But, yeah, it, it, you're right in terms of it, it did raise an eyebrow when when the, those players were named in in the team from the start. But you know, like I said, Casemiro and Eriksen were so good, and they've been so good that they are. It's weird to say that the middle of the team is a spine, but they serve as such a a, a soft and soft, strong foundation for this team mm. that, and yeah. it's, it's weird because that defense does move deeper it does move deeper when those two center backs play so for those two to be able to dictate the play and to make it look as secure as it as because don't everyone can remember the jeopardy of two or three years ago when those players were in the defense particularly Lindelof you'd see him get bullied and you you'd see him get bullied I remember it might well have been Lindelof that was it Joshua King who flicked the ball over him against Bournemouth in the six-yard box, he flicked the ball over his head and spun round and scored. He's got form for getting embarrassed against any attack in the league, so you do have to worry about that. I think. I think the thing is, yeah, Casemiro and Eriksen were the big platform for which the entire team could perform today. I do want to give while we're talking about the um, the changes that were made. Two little notes: Van der Beek. I know you're going to probably want to talk about him anyway. So unfortunate. I thought. Last couple of games, he's not been brilliant, but I've seen a vision for where he could be in a team that you don't necessarily have to farm him out on loan because he, he can be part of that play because the interchangeable football that we play at the moment, he's very good at that. 
on Wamba sure. having been I know we talked about him last week on the pod, but I, I really like the way that he's sort of stood up and not he's yeah, all right, maybe I was a little bit optimistic with the forest where he was popping up in attacking positions, but the basics of what he's he is good at, you've seen that and last season you saw such a drop in confidence with his positioning and everything. You were at least seeing someone who's standing up to the task of saying I'd rather be a squad player at United than somewhere else. And I think that's not necessarily a bad position for us to be in when you're looking at these these squad players. If they are capable of coming in and doing a good job, then it and, could... And they want to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wasn't sure whether when Bezeka wanted to or not. I mean, I guess he spent a lot of time injured and, and ill as well, wasn't he? And mm. has affected his ability to challenge Dallow. I, I just want to touch on one point you mentioned earlier about the defensive line height. I was really surprised, actually. I saw some stats from Mark Stats mm. on Twitter, who does uh, one of the guys who does a lot of the visualization. And United's average defensive line height, which is where the first defensive, defensive action from the defenders comes, and then averaged across the season, is the third deepest mm. amongst the Premier League this season. I was surprised that it was that deep, that we're still a little deeper than perhaps perhaps Ten Hag would like us to be. I'm sure if you looked at the same stats for 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 Ajax last season, it would have been 20 yards further forward. And we're probably headed that way. And uh, he doesn't do it, do it on a rolling basis, but it'd be interesting to check that later in the season to see whether that's changed a bit. Because the people who are also have a very deep defensive line are the ones you'd expect. Forest, Bournemouth, West Ham, Leicester, Southampton, Wolves, Everton, Palace and United. Mm. And like the press intensity is also quite low, right? Which also surprised me as well. Cause, but it may just be from where we've come. Yeah. Right? <laughs> from where we've come. I know. I, um, I'm thinking about that and I'm, I'm thinking automatically my brain is going to just to check how many games Maguire has played this season. So he's played 11 times, not including today, I don't think. And I think that's quite a significant... Well, six games in the league, not including today. It's still a fairly decent number of games, and you wouldn't be surprised to see United playing that deep when when he's on the pitch. Regardless of they could be twentieth in the league in terms of it, for as far as I'm aware, into because of the fact that he does play that deep, they literally they'll play from the six yard box. So yes, yeah, yeah, it's it's not it doesn't it it's not something that concerns me when we've got the regular defense playing because at least the the ambition in the plays right, and I don't have anywhere near the amount of concern that other people do have about De Gea's distribution yes he's not the best but he's not high on my list of priorities of our problems and he has improved so if we've got the first team defense out there I don't have a problem with it and if we're playing against teams like Bournemouth it's not necessarily an issue it's an issue if we're playing Harry Maguire against Liverpool or Manchester City because it, it exposed because well, of the it, pressing intensity yeah yeah exactly it's, it's, it's going to break plan. down yeah. for sure yeah yeah and and then then the other point you made about Luke Shaw, I mean, I know why Ten Hag wants him in there because he's he's playing fantastic, fantastically yeah, well. He's yeah. got a maturity in his game and a confidence about his game now, and he's productive at both ends of the pitch. Defensively, more sound than he ever has been in his career, and and producing a lot going forward. In in fact, if, you know, all the attacking metrics among fullbacks, he was basically the best in the World Cup. So I, yeah. We'll see the weekend. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he didn't get a rest against Everton in the Cup. It it would be nice for Ten Hag to uh, go for this one 
and for United to win the cup because it's been a few years now. But but I, I still wouldn't be surprised if there weren't a few changes. And then on Donny, I mean, yeah, like if he, there are games like this one where, and with the style that United have got where he should be able to perform and he was unlucky that he got tackled and, and the guy slipped as he was tackling him. And well, unlucky that he got, the injury, lucky that it wasn't worse because yeah. you you see his leg buckle and like Christ, that could have been that could have been a Luke Shaw against Feyenoord, couldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, just uh, could have been really horrible. But yeah, unlucky for him. Don't know how bad it is and how long he'll be out, but he needs a few games to build some confidence, and he's not going to get any string of games basically. And yeah, but but again, it's like yeah, to the point with Wan Bissaka. And Scott McTominay, when he's fit again, and Fred now, who came on and had a productive 15 minutes or so, and Donny, and Garnacho, who came on, and Anthony Alanga. These are all really important players. Hmm. And if they're playing well, it feels like United have a decent a decent enough squad to challenge on multiple fronts and get into that top four. If they're not playing well, then it looks thin, doesn't it? Yeah. I We could always do with another attacker, and I was inspired tonight by a Bournemouth forward that I think we need to sign because we've got Anthony, we've got Anthony Martial, we've got Anthony Alanga, and we've got Jadon Sancho. And I think if we don't at least put an inquiry in to sign Jadon Anthony from Bournemouth, then we are doing a disservice to the headaches of commentators everywhere. Can you imagine? I, I would love it to just Jadon Anthony, Anthony, Sancho, Antonio Lang, <laughs> it would be no, I mean, it really would test them, wouldn't it? Like, how, how how many tongue twisters could you get? Can, can you imagine if have we got any 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 other Jadens in the in the reserves? I don't think we do, do we? I mean, can you mm. imagine putting out an Anthony 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 forward line one week and a Jaden 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 forward line? Oh. Another? Wouldn't that be good for for oh. language idiots like me? Yeah, I, I love it. I don't think it'd be a great front line, but I'd, I'd like to see it. The Anthony one, we we can we could play that against Everton. I'd be quite happy with that. Just to it, it'd be great. It could, it could it could happen. Anthony will probably come back in. Anthony, the Brazilian. Anthony <laughs> yeah, we, we chanted the team, and Anthony Langer could do with some minutes. So there's yeah. good there's good choice there. And unless Marcus Rashford is going to play again. Then, then Anthony Martial will be playing. So yeah, look, look out for that one. Maybe that's a good segue into talking about Everton. So on the on the weekend pod, yes. me and Tom spent quite some time previewing the Everton game because I'd totally forgotten that <laughs> that we were playing Bournemouth in midweek. And Way I, to meet me redundant, but yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Well, I mean, as we are recording, Frank Lampard has not been sacked. What are the chances that he's still in the job by by the weekend? This is that. What was it? The when is Liz Truss still prime minister? What the the, the cabbage or oh, the lettuce? Yeah, this, the lettuce. We love love to do one for Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard lettuce. Yeah, it. And they got such a good result against City, and such a good goal to get it. Great performance to get that draw, and then. They go and do what they've done tonight, which suggests that they'll probably turn up at Old Trafford and do something, and then he'll get sacked after that. It's always the way 
when you're a miserable football fan that something goes against <laughs> your team all the time. No. Well, I, I was I was more of the, the the thought that Lampard would get sacked tonight. They'll get the new manager bounce. Yeah, I don't know who would go. Duncan Ferguson would become the of course the uh, the assistant the the the, uh, the temporary manager for the fifteenth time or whatever it yeah. is. I don't think he's even at the club anymore. I think he might have left to go and take up another, be another opportunity. But uh, yeah, he'd be running back, wouldn't he? Sprinting there. But uh, yeah, he Lampard would get sacked and they'd get the new manager bounce for the weekend and they'd come and beat us with the mm. you know, most intense performance they've put in in years. That kind of thing. But well, hopefully hopefully not. Hopefully Lampard hangs on for another few days and we can get him the sack at, at the weekend. Yeah, I, I, really wanna, I really want to put that man out of work. <laughs> what is it about him? Apart from me... He's just got this kind of smarmy, smug quality to him. And he's just not that good either. <laughs> it's just, mm. I mean, he, he ruined Paul Scholes' international career by basically him and Gerard insisting that That's a play hell of a grudge. Field. That is a 20 uh, year grudge. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's long it. time. I hold, I hold long grudges, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I still hate David Moyes on my deathbed when I'm 98. <laughs> That lasted you, Moyes. God, <laughs> assuming, assuming that I do, it'd be embarrassing for me. Well, you guys come back on uh, at me on Twitter if I don't ask outlast Moyes, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, <laughs> oh, you God. deserved it, Ed. Anyway, anyway, yes, there's something about Frank Lampard that's just yeah. particularly annoying, and and like for all the, he should not get another job after this, but he will, won't he? And I don't don't know what it is about him and the qualities that chairman appear to see in him, but he has achieved nothing in his managerial, yeah. managerial career at all. In in yeah, in all seriousness, it is I don't. I'm not going to go as far as you with that, but what I will say is that I haven't seen anything that when you look at a team and you said that team's got represents its manager. The, even Ole, a lot of people say, "Oh, you don't see what they're doing." That team, you could see an Ole team. You could say, "All right, if you were looking at a game of football, you'd say, all right, that team's playing like a Solskjaer team.'" I don't see that with any Frank Lampard team. I didn't see it at Chelsea. I didn't see it at Derby. Don't see it at Everton. They're just a mishmash of players, and he doesn't seem to. I guess this comes from playing for Chelsea for so long. When they, what was their identity? Cagey and pragmatic, and at least under Mourinho, and even after Mourinho for a while, they sort of bore that kind of identity. And and to be fair, Lampard was a central figure in that. But there's nothing of that that you would think if someone's been that deeply rooted in in either that or, let's be fair, if we're going to be fair to Frank and Generous, then he grew up in a really rich environment. Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand, Jermaine Defoe, really good, rich environment for quality footballers, possibly the best outside United in the last generation from a club. Mm-hmm. So you would suspect that he would have some kind of good understanding of playing good football. And this, I don't see anything of either of those identities. And yeah, he will get another job. Possibly not in the Premier League, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him rock up at a championship club. Yeah, you wonder whether his ego could take it. I mean, I know he took a job with Derby in the Championship, but that was his first job. Hmm. So, yep, um, sixth to sixth with Derby, and sixth to sixth with Chelsea, or whatever it was, and fifteenth to fifteenth with Everton, something like that. Well, give or take a couple of spots here or there. There is a lot to be said for consistency. 
Yeah, that's true. What what kind of team would you like to see then for this one? At Old Trafford, FA Cup. When's Lots the, of changes. The game after that is Char- Friday night. Charlton. But the game after that is Charlton in the League Cup, right? That's probably sounds about right. Yeah. Ten, the tenth. So yeah, yeah okay. So yeah. I would go as strong as possible. You can rotate against Charlton. You can take those chances. You can play the same team as tonight, and maybe even a couple other players you can put in against Charlton. Just play the strongest team. Like you said, it's a competition that United can't afford to take chances with competitions, really. If you, they might want to do that later in the season, if touch would they get further in the, in them, but not this early in a cup competition. And and to be fair, when we're talking about Ten Hag getting almost everything right, he hasn't took chances with cup competitions. He did it, I think he rotated in the first game against Sociedad in the group, and I think that was when he sort of realised, I can't do this this squad's not strong enough for me to do it. So as long as there is a trophy on the table and as long as there isn't a group there where he can afford to rest players or anything like that, I think that you will see him go with the strongest team where possible. And I'm not going to be surprised at all when that's exactly what I expect on Friday night. Yeah, I think that's a fair call, actually, especially with with Charlton coming up after that and then City and Arsenal, the two games that come yeah. up after that. So it's the balance between keeping everyone fresh, but also keeping momentum. Yeah. And you start rotating five or six players out each game, then then there's a risk of losing some momentum or at least losing some of the fluidity. So yeah. I think, yeah, that, that, that's, a, that's a fair call. Strong team. Friday night, weird time to be playing an FA Cup time tie mm, yeah well you but, know i i think you're the same as me a little bit traditionalist should be saturday three o'clock or at least like sunday like the sunday uh, fa cup games for me were always i can remember i know we'll probably be talking about the fa cup in general in a while but fa cups for me were always either saturday three o'clock or sunday afternoon with the tv at this friday night stuff the only thing that i can think of with friday night is that turgid game against Sheffield United it might not have even been a Friday night I might have just given it to Friday night in my brain because it was so bad it shouldn't be played on a Friday night but it is going to be too fair we've played on every every day these these days don't we so well yeah. that's true at least for the away fans it's only 30 miles down the road yeah and not not that I have lots of sympathy for Everton fans or something like that but we were playing Plymouth yeah yeah right. or, or something like that I mean not that TV companies will ever care about fans until they weren't there during the pandemic, then they really, really, really did care about them and they put a, a price on them and that's how much they asked for back from the Premier League. Yeah. So we're there to create an atmosphere for the TV companies, apparently. Yes. All right, I think that's it. Uh, <laughs> good good victory for United. Uh, another one to come. Jing for the title. We're in the title race. Wayne has said it. <laughs> it must be true. We'll come back to this prediction. I know, I'm putting <laughs> words in your mouth. They're going to kill me on the wall. What's new? Just come at me on social media. Yeah, there, I said it. We, we're going to win it. So this is our year. Yes. <laughs> it's, yeah. Thanks, well, Ed. That's right. <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Catch you soon.